Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thanks very much for freeing up the time. My name, of course, is still Paul Madad. I have John Frank. He is VP of Sales at Alliance Funding Group, coming to us from beautiful Southern California. John, how are things, man? Mid-March. Things are going good. Can't complain too much. Uh, yeah, Southern California, you know, is, is definitely a great place to be. Can't really have too much complaints out there. So um, things are going great, of course, trying to just, you know, square everything away during all this COVID craziness. So yeah, you're getting ready for March Madness. Yeah, we have a couple brackets going on, you know, in the office and then as well with some buddies. So definitely yeah. getting prepared. We got a ton of games already this week. So well, it's nice that it's not canceled. So, yeah. Yeah, last year, big shift, big shift, which okay. is great. My birthday is this month as well, so it always lines up. Um, it's always a, it's a great birthday to have in this month, too. <laughs> Happy early birthday. Listen, thanks so much for being here. Say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then let's jump into it. Yeah, hello, everybody, all the listeners. Uh, my name is Jonathan Frank, uh, VP of Sales at Alliance Funding. Um, quick introduction about myself. I've uh, been in Southern California most of my life. Um, you know, I was always an athlete, uh, three sport athlete in high school, uh, two sport athlete in college, uh, for a couple years, um, went to the university of Redlands, um, had a great setup there, uh, made some great friends, had some great professors as well that have kind of pointed me in the direction that I'm at now. Um, and I give, you know, my hats off and credit to them for, for kind of steering me on the path that I am now. Um, but yeah, actually I had a, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, in relation to this podcast, uh, you know, back in college, I never thought I'd end up being in sales. So um, once, yeah, once, once I got in, it was, you know, full steam ahead. So. All right, good. Well, thanks so much for being here. Looking forward to you sharing your story. You know, as we were talking about the podcast, it's called Your Intention Matters. And as we were discussing, it's built on my foundation and then probably nothing's really been given to you in your career thus far. And you've had probably a couple of big decisions to make and to your point, probably didn't think you'd ever get into sales. And so with that said, uh, let's jump into your story, shall we? Absolutely. Yeah, let's All do right, it. Let's go, okay, let's go back to Redlands. You talked about that. So Bachelor of Science, Business Admin and Management, 2017. Did you have a vision for what you thought you'd be doing? Was it just, let me get my degree and figure it out? Or did you have a, a thought where, where you'd be maybe five or six years after you graduate? Yeah, so I'd actually initially, um, I'd went to Redlands um, with actually looking to major in psychology. I had some interest there. And then um, I decided actually to make a, a shift after meeting one of the professors um, that I kind of talked about in the intro. Um, and he was one of the uh, business professors that had um, kind of one of those, those entry, not entry level classes, but those gateway classes, right? Where you have to take that to be able to get into the major. And um, I was talking to him. He said, John, you know, just from speaking with you, your person personality as an athlete, you know, just come take my class. We'll see, you know, how you like it. And we'll take it from there. And um, I absolutely fell in love with just the idea of business, putting in, um, you know, really being able to, to find an income of what you're worth. As much as you're putting in, you can receive back. And fell in love with that, started really delving all of my studies, made a complete shift from psychology on over to business administration and completely changed that major. And then towards the end, I, I knew I wanted some sort of 
um, industry experience within finance and banking, not necessarily sales. Um, I have a godfather of mine actually who uh, owns his own anti-money laundering firm. He worked for the FBI and then he actually worked for um, Wells Fargo as well. And um, he worked within banking and then it was able to open his own firm, saw some, some market space that he could take up processes were a little slow and uh, found a way that he could come in there and offer a better service and uh, pitched it to some investment bankers actually at over at Goldman and was able to get some seed funding, which was, which was great. And, you know, hearing his experiences, I knew, okay, this is kind of where I, I maybe want to end up. And then, um, yeah, from there, I was actually offered, um, I had worked as, as just a, um, a bank teller throughout college and actually worked as um, a cold caller for the alumni fund <laughs> when oh, I was right. at Redland. So had some experience on the phones a little bit. Of course, when you're calling alumni, that could be a, a little bit, um, you know, uh, not, not real many pickups and things like that when you're calling out. So yeah. I actually didn't want to really get into, you know, uh, uh, that sort of sales. And then got uh, that shift from the bank teller into financial advising and then was offered a great position in the equipment leasing industry and then ended up taking that. Interesting. So, you know, you mentioned when you were, you know, started off college, you were going down the psychology path. Did that come from one of your parents? Were they in that area? And like, what made you think that that's what you wanted to do? And what was the draw to that? Yeah, it was actually, it came from my mother who um, she, she majored in, in criminal psychology and I always thought, you know, I, I always used to watch the criminal mind shows with her and things like that and just how the brain operates. And um, I was always really interested in that. And then to be quite honest, once I, you know, started studying it, really, I re realized how much school you really have to go to to be able to make a good income kind of in that industry and uh, decided to, you know, also make a pivot onto the business side of things. But, yeah, it definitely came from. Um, yeah, just being familiar with it. My mom had studied it and just having an interest kind of in how the brain works. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I've had a few, few guests on over the last little while who've said that they had a vision for wanting to be a lawyer. And a big part of it was, uh, you know, seeing LA law on TV and these other TV shows where they're in the courtroom and the, the bloody fingers on the, on the knife and all this stuff. And then you realize when you want to be a lawyer, it's actually not that there's a ton of schooling. There's a ton of work. And most lawyers never even see the inside of a courtroom ever. It's all paperwork and stuff. So they don't want to do that because it's not really what they see on TV. And so it's interesting that you realize that yeah, once you started to do it, it actually isn't really what you wanted to do uh, versus what, maybe what you thought it was. And so uh, you make the shift. Uh, you graduate from Redlands. You get into uh, financial advising. Was that a, an interesting gig for you? Was it harder than you thought? And how long was that? Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting um, setup initially. Um, you know, I, I had gotten into it um, as, you know, it was just a, a great position to take in that industry out of college. Um, thought I might be able to have some success. Um, I'm a pretty tenacious guy, was ready to get after it. And um, I actually, um, just with student loans and um, things like that, I saw that, you know, mostly having a just straight commission plan of no salary was just a little bit tough as a kid coming out yeah. of college. So, I was offered a, a great position at an equipment leasing firm that had, you know, an established salary, but also a commission plan and thought that, you know, why can I, uh, I might as well take my skills of, you know, that I built up with cold calling and all this stuff and, and pivot it to a position where I could have some more stability while also being able to, you know, make, make what I'm worth there and on the commission side of things. And so where did you go? 
so I had, I had act, I had went, I was at Capstone Partners, which is a financial yeah. advising firm. I was there for, I think it was, it was about four to five months, um, was doing well actually. And then I, w- I was offered a position at Provident Equipment Finance, okay. um, which was a, an equipment leasing firm that was actually owned by MB Financial Bank. Gotcha. Um, so okay. it was underneath the bank. I had banking experience, um, not kind of new, of course, the processes being under a bank regulations, things like that. And uh, so, yeah, they offered me that position and I, I came on and hit the ground running. Well, I can certainly see the draw, you know, certainly at a at an age where you've got, uh, you know, some student debt and the, the nice, you know, not necessarily net, but at least you have a base salary coming in and it can give, kind of give you a bit of a foundation. So you make the change to 10B Financial. Was that a good change for you? Was it a bad change? What was that like? Yeah, it was an interesting kind of paradigm shift. I, I loved the change. Um, it was it was a different, of course, clientele basis I was reaching out to, right? So at the, at the financial advising firm, you're reaching out to, you know, family members or trying to find, you know, high net worth individuals that you could set up, you know, estate plans or, you know, large life insurance plans that, you know, maybe aren't getting provided the correct service by their current financial advisor, or haven't even thought about doing that, young adults, yeah. things of that nature. And, uh, of course, when you're getting over to the equipment leasing side of things, you're now talking to owner of businesses, chief financial officers, controllers, people on the accounting side of things, operations and purchasing side of things. So it was a complete paradigm shift of who I was calling my pitches, how I had to phrase everything, you know, moving forward. Um, but it was an absolutely fantastic shift. I had to, I had to learn quickly and, um, you know, through that process, actually learned that, you know, sometimes you got to stick to kind of what you do best. Um, you know, being a personable guy, I tried to lean on, um, you know, reaching out to these individuals um, that are now on the finance side of things and having a different pitch in regards to, you know, hey, how can we supplement, you know, and diversify your current credit portfolios moving forward? How can I assist now moving forward instead of, Hey, have you even thought about, you know, setting up life insurance and things like that? So it was a complete, completely different shift, but it was absolutely great. And I credit, you know, my success to having to learn quickly. Fair enough. And so how long was that opportunity? So I was at Provident Equipment Finance for um, a little bit over a year. And we actually, we had a sister company, Celtic Equipment Finance, that were both under the MB financial umbrella, banking umbrella. And, um, Fifth Third Bank and MB Financial Bank announced a merger acquisition with each other. So um, they were now combining their forces and they absorbed, of course, um, our institutions underneath their umbrella. And when that had happened, there was a combined forces between the two sister companies of Celtic and Provident. They had, uh, they ended up taking only a couple of us over from Provident. Uh, the guys that were, you know, doing well, had successful, had built up a book on over to Celtic. Um, but it was still under the same umbrella. We got to, you know, keep our clients, all that stuff. We just had a quick name change after the merger. You know, I've been a part of, of that on both sides. I've been, I've worked for a company that's been acquired and I've worked for a company that's done the acquiring, uh, both, both in finances, but banking as well. I'm curious, was that transition, um, easy for you as the, as the company that was acquired and they brought you in, or was it a lot more difficult in terms of the culture and the people's mindset regarding you and what you do? What was that transition like for you? Yeah, the transition was interesting. We went from really, we went up into kind of a different, you know, credit market space, which was the interesting part of things. 
Um, you know, we now had close to 160 billion under assets, you know, with the bank rather than the 20 we were at currently. So, um, you know, the, the objective for me was to try to, you know, find some larger, larger credits, larger organizations that I could work with and, and supplement, you know, these new rates that we were able to get. The culture shift wasn't really different. They were both Midwestern banks. That's why they had come together to have that presence really, of course, as you know, since you've been through a couple, you really want to kind of have two similar cultures, especially yeah. within that kind of financing realm to be able to cohesively make everything work. So um, it was more of, a, of a, a different shift into, okay, now let's really call into a, a different credit space. And then now we have a completely different credit process. So that was interesting learning kind of on the fly as you know, while we're all merging together, you know, okay, these are the new processes. These are the new documents we have to do. These are the new submittal forms, all that stuff. But that just, you know, comes with, you know, um, when, when you're becoming part of a new group or anything like that, you, you got to learn on the fly to be successful. So. so, so underneath the kind of the MB, you know, Celtic umbrella, a few different companies, but under the same cocoon, so to speak, you were there for what? Four, three years, five years, does it sound like, give or take? I was in total under MB, I was there for three. So for three years. Okay. So after three years, I know that you're, you have a newer gig with Alliance. Uh, was it your decision to move on to something or are you a victim of COVID at all last year? What happened? What was behind your decision to, to find Alliance? Yeah, it was actually, it was a decision of mine um, that I made after much consideration, um, you know, internally um, with myself and also my fiance um, and my family talking through, you know, where I could really have the most success. Um, and I was, I was doing extremely well at Celtic. I was one of the top guys over there in the short time I was there. Um, and, uh, was just really offered a position, um, over at Alliance where I had much more tools at my disposal technology to be able to, te uh, technologically to be able to grow my book of business. Um, I could also hit a different, a couple different, um, such as expanding my vendor book of business, having automated processes to do all of that. And, um, after much consideration, I, I realized that, you know, it's probably, it, it was a better shift to come on over, um, to this group where I would have all of these tools at my disposal while, while also being able to operate at a quicker pace, being a private lender, um, you know, we don't have to jump through as, as many of the hoops necessarily that some of the large bureaucratic organizations being part of a top 10 bank, you know, some of those processes really take, you know, months when you're looking at things and wanting to keep my clients happy. Um, and, you know, not only the new clients I was bringing on, um, be able to fund, especially in this COVID time where, where vendors are hurting and and companies are hurting, being able to get everybody paid on time and things like that. So um, that was the reason I switched. They'd offered me a great position, of course, as, as VP, and I wanted to come on and, and really help build out our mil middle market division, which I was targeting over at um, Fifth Third after the shift. Of course, we had become Fifth Third Bancorp um, Alliance, you know, at, at five years ago, uh, branched out, which uh, my VP of our whole commercial division, Chris Ship. Um, had discussed with me, which is one of the big factors of me coming on over was, hey, we had set up this middle market division. We want to bring you on. You have a great book. Let's let's really make sure we hit the ground running here and, and try to get, you know, into a different market space that we're, we're not familiar with. So they brought me on over to help out with that. And it's been early days, but transition has been pretty good despite the kind of the global climate. Yeah, no, transition has been absolutely fantastic. The, the tools at my disposal have have enormously increased my production. Um, 
Yeah, that within, you know, the the first three months, I put out close to, you know, 100 million in, in equipment financing proposals, which is much more than I was putting out um, in the first, you know, couple nice. months after the transition at Fifth Third. So, um, yeah, it's only been good things in this transition in, in this quick time so far. And, and, uh, and you're still in Southern California. Do I have that right? Yes, yes. I live in Orange County. Um, my office, we have a couple offices at Alliance throughout the nation. Um, well, I mean, it, my office is down in L.A., um, which is still, you know, a great, great part of California. So can't really yeah. complain too much. No, not at all. You know, it's funny because I haven't been I've been of course, I haven't been on a plane in over a year in a normal year. It's probably 60, 70 flights a year. But uh, with COVID, of course, I haven't been. But California, I go in a normal year, six, eight times a year and I miss it. It's like there's so much to do there. The lifestyle in Southern California is so great. And so, John, I appreciate you freeing up the time to be here. You've had quite the run uh, in, in a pretty short career thus far. And so congrats on what you've been able to create. And it sounds like you're getting married. And so congrats on that as well. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. We, we've finally set a date and everything with, with all this COVID craziness. It's been, it's been uh, tough. I got a lot of people have been pushing their weddings back and stuff, but we got it all figured out, which was yeah. awesome. And yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And in the, in the few years, you know, I have been in the business, I've been able to, to have some success, which is, which is great. And I credit that to um, really being an athlete kind of growing up and, and just having that competitive kind of fire underneath me and, um, also I think creative targeting, especially within sales, um, really trying to figure out where you're going to be most successful in, in targeting your clientele basis yeah. and being creative of, of how you're doing that. You know, you, you mentioned that you're, you're pretty much a Southern California boy for most of your life and you're an athlete and I love, uh, sounds like a fan of sports, uh, Lakers fan, Raiders fan. Uh, oh, it's actually funny. I, so my family is all from the East Coast in Brooklyn. So I'm actually a, I'm a diehard Yankees fan a and, Yankees uh, and a Brooklyn fan. Nets right. fan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, baseball is my one. I played uh, baseball all throughout my life. Um, played water polo too, being a Southern California kid um, as well, which, you know, that really only comes on in the Olympics and in college too much. Yeah. But um, yeah, diehard Yankees fan, Brooklyn Nets, New York Giants, um, and absolutely love sports. Couldn't, can't get enough of it. Love it. So, so you're, you're a New York fan living in LA. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You could say I get, I get, I get a hard time now and again. <laughs> well, listen, John, man, thanks for freeing up the time, man. I've enjoyed speaking to you. It was so great. I appreciate the invite. Thank you so much. And it, it was great to be part of the podcast. Yeah, you bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap another episode up right now. Remember your intention matters. Why? Because I promise you that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe. Let's go Raptors.